Hello and welcome to the Dr. Lisa Clow podcast. Today we have Dr. Linda Joy Rose. Hi, Dr. Linda Joy. How are you doing? Hey, Lisa. How are you? I'm good. Where are we starting on your journey today? Well, I want to start out actually today just congratulating you because you have just finished your dual certification with the Natural Wellness Academy in meditation and mindfulness instruction and also you're a spiritual wellness specialist. So congratulations. I know that we've been delighted to have you as part of the Academy. Well, thank you so much. And that's really the theme of season two for my podcast is spiritual well-being because I feel like, you know, people maybe don't know what it is and they think maybe that's only about going to an organized religion and it's so much more. So I'm really excited to have you on as my guest and then um, also to talk about, you know, what has helped you in your journey through spiritual well-being. Well, um, I, I think that I have been interested in spirituality, you know, since I, I was a teenager. And um, that kind of broke off into my being a specialist in the mind. And then over the years, I kind of realized that I was neglecting my body, you know, because I think everything needs to be holistic and we need to be balanced between mind and body and spirit. And then eventually kind of led me back on the spiritual path. And I love when you say that everything is connected because whenever I was um, teaching as a college professor and I talked with my students about the dimensions of well-being and they kind of rated themselves on each uh, dimension, and then they could choose which one they wanted to create a plan for. Most everybody's spiritual wellness number was the lowest, yet they wanted to choose physical well-being as their plan. So I'm glad you you mentioned that it's it's uh, kind of all connected. Yes, I think we have to keep winding back and realize, you know, where where we're neglecting ourselves. You know, for instance, um, I was uh, very well known in the field of hypnotherapy and and Jungian uh, psychology and subconscious dynamics, and traveled around the world, you know, training people in these areas, and then. Um, I think the travel wasn't helping me because like in the time, at the time I lived in Southern California and my morning commute was Tokyo. Oh my gosh. So I'd go on to other countries from there, you know, um, and my body was breaking down and I, I just, you know, I kind of laugh about it and say that I think it took me until my forties to even realize I had a physical body, you know, in the sense that, um, I neglected it a lot. And so I started to put a lot of attention on um, taking care of myself, finding a lifestyle that worked, you know, really honoring my body. And that just kind of led me back to spirit because it's, it's really hard to be. And when I say a successful human being, I'm not talking about monetary success, you know, or having the accolades, but being successful in the sense that you feel fulfilled, that you feel uh, happiness a lot more than you feel sadness, you know, that you're able to conjure bliss rather easily, you know, from things going on in your life rather than, um, I think most people really go through life kind of with, you know, like 
you hear of a low-grade fever, you know, kind of like a low-grade depression. We're never really going to find joy outside of ourselves, you know, because it's really something that lives within us. But we live in a world, in a culture that everything, especially, you know, in the last few decades where social media has become such a thing, um, everything is kind of directed outward into three-dimensional reality. And, you know, while some people seek to have a spiritual connection to the divine, that's usually in a context of a religion. And, you know, religion is really kind of teaches you what your relationship with God is about. And spirituality, I think, is really finding your own relationship with the divine. And so when you say, when, when we say spiritual wellness, what are some subtopics of that that people could think, okay, outside of organized religion, how do I practice spirituality? So what would you say? Well, I think the ability to tune in is important. And people think of meditation right off the bat. Um, And meditation for Westerners is not an easy task to accomplish. And I, I, I had the perspective of working in Asia for decades and, you know, just discovering different mindsets. But in Western culture, you know, the idea, people think that, you know, the idea of, of meditation is that you, to be without thoughts. Now, ultimately, it would be great to clear what we call the outer mind, you know, the mind that's constantly interacting with three-dimensional reality so that you can listen to your true nature, which comes from within. And, you know, I've often been asked, you know, what is like, do you have any particular, uh, you know, spiritual inclination in the course that you give? And it's, we don't have any dogma, you know, we don't have any agenda, you know, this can dovetail with anybody's religious or spiritual practice. But if there were one dogma, and I think that you could attest to this, that the Courses has, is the idea that we all carry a spark of the divine within us. And if you can't quiet yourself down enough, you are losing that connection, which can be the most valuable connection that you will ever have. The, the whole concept of intuition is to be tutored from within. So if you can quiet yourself enough just to understand it's almost like separating the wheat from the chaff Mm. you intuition is is a really good subtext of spiritual wellness and teaching people how they can go within and really find what their path is you know because most people are are living lives that are so divergent from what they could be doing but they haven't settled down enough to even ask the question, let alone to listen and respond to what, you know, spirit within can be telling you. Yeah. Now this, the, when you're talking about the divine spark, when I got to the part of the spiritual wellness specialist course that we were talking about the divine spark, or the God inside of us. The first thing I thought of was the um, Sunday school song that we learned that was like, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And Uh that light inside of us, some people who maybe aren't into religion, you may think that they don't have God within them. But the, the sense of the I am presence 
was really intriguing to me. Can you maybe talk to us a little bit about that? Sure. Well, I was actually, I was raised Jewish. My parents were both Holocaust survivors, um, and they were they were atheists, Lisa. I mean, they felt that because of what had happened and what they had gone through and all of the family members that they had lost, mm. that there was no God. But they wanted to raise us with the Jewish religion because they felt it was important to keep the traditions alive, to repopulate, you know, the, the 6 million that had been lost. Mm-hmm. Um, I always felt like I had a relationship with God that was really outside of the religion. I think if somebody said, what do Jewish people believe in? I don't think I could ask you. I don't think I could answer that question, you know, because I've always been on this path of trying to develop that relationship. And so what it means, I mean, and it's interesting because I have studied comparative religions. I have deeply studied Christianity because I do believe that the original message of Christianity, like in the first and second centuries, was so much closer to what, you know, historical Jesus meant, you know, to teach us is because whenever I have asked Christians to explain to me, why did Jesus say, ye are all gods and greater things than I will, can you do? You know, nobody's mm-hmm. ever really been able to explain that. And when I started to learn about the I am presence, I think it answered A lot of things for me is that we, you know, not everybody is in tune with it, but every single person on earth has that spark within them. And, you know, like I say, I kind of had lost my path and then coming back to really honoring my body. I was at a conference here in Tampa, where I live now, and um, there it was it was really kind of on spirituality and the woman was giving us this affirmation to say i am my i am presence i am one with my i am presence and i think i am one with with the i am presence of everyone in the world in the universe and i am one with father mother god and as i started to use that affirmation in my meditation it was almost like this little light going off or this little you know kind of like inside going, hey, I'm here. I've been here all along. Let's develop this. And it was just kind of, I think it's something that we need to be reminded of mm-hmm. rather than taught because children seem to know that instinctively. You know, children are very easily, you know, found in, they find states of joy because they they kind of sense this. But unfortunately, you know, through programming, which is really kind of, you know, my thing, because I specialize in helping adults heal from childhood trauma, from this kind of negative programming. Right off the bat, you know, we're taught about how sinful we are and how bad and how guilty and how not good enough we are. And I think that that, you know, the light doesn't go away, but I think that our connection to Mm -hmm. that light dims until we make a volitional choice to to come inside and to discover that and it's it's very much not as you as you saw the way i i presented that ontological framework of the i am presence the aspects of selfhood it's really not dogmatic or religion at all i mean how how did that appear to you when you were studying that framework for me it made sense it was like a connection to what I had learned about God inside of us. I was raised in the Methodist church. Uh-huh. And uh but I also, you know, studied 
the Bible kind of outside of that religious you know, context, was always interested in the spiritual realm. So it kind of helped me with breaking the negative thought cycles that I think we all have where, you know, we can just ruminate on things maybe negatively about, about ourselves from that uh-huh. programming. And when you really think about, you know, you, me as a vessel for God, you know, the, the God is within me. How can I be that negative, bad thing that maybe society or maybe pe- kids at school and, you know, there's those things that happen in your childhood, like you said, that tarnish yeah. your vision of yourself. But when you feel that I am presence, like the violet flame, it burns up that negative ne- negativity. Yeah, it's the faulty programming. And not only that, it's generational. You know, mm-hmm. this unfortunately, this gets passed on from generation to generation. You know, I when I was working on my doctorate, I was a Spanish language court interpreter in the court system in Los Angeles. And um, I had a lot of opportunity, you know, to kind of witness. And I started my practice in the Hispanic community and you know and really understanding how this generational trauma you know including my own generational trauma being a 2g you know holocaust survivor too on both sides um and um it it does you know it's like we i I think it's you know and i made a big focus of the course you know that concept that we are really a multitude inside of us you know it's it's really um, uninformed to think of us as just the single being, you know, because we are made up of so many parts. And once we understand that, you know, you can, like when you talk about that negative, you know, negative programming or negative voice or that self-talk, you, you begin to understand that that is not really you. You know, unfortunately, you know, we go through life and it kind of says jump and we jump or we go how high, you know, rather than saying, hmm, wait a minute, you know, having that ability to not go down that road, you know, with that negative programming, you know, because most people will just continue to relive the same story over and over again, Mm. you know, maybe, you know, with different scenery, maybe different other actors, different, you know, costumes, but they're always kind of reliving the same thing because that's exactly where that negative programming, it doesn't learn from itself. It will just keep taking you down that same path. So, um, understanding that you are, you know, made of multiples and then understanding that at core you are, you know, part of the divine really makes a difference, you know, in terms of also finding out what you're here for, Mm. you know, what truly you're here for, you know, you're not here just to go punch a clock or, you know, to make other people rich or to take care of other people, you know, you're here to fulfill a particular mission. And the only way you're going to find that out is to quiet yourself enough to figure that out. Mm. Yeah, so that there's so many things that I can I'm thinking about talking with you about but um as you're as you're talking uh things are popping up in my mind. But when that last thing you said about finding your purpose um for me personally that's been my journey uh you know as you go through life as people go through life they um you know are focused on education and career and um, we kind of can get into the grind of things the daily life and if people and have children and 
pets. And so sometimes we get to a certain spot in our life and then we're like, what, do, what am I doing? What is going on here? And I think uh-huh. during the pandemic, a lot of people were able to like hit the brakes. They got, they got off the hamster wheel uh-huh. and um, then maybe came into a crisis mode because they like, it was like smacked you in the face. Like, what am I doing? That happened with me. I was like on this trajectory and I kept doing, you know, I was, I was thinking, okay, this is what I have to do. I do, 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 do. And then all of a sudden I had that moment where I was like, what is bringing me joy? And, uh, what is my real purpose here? So one of my question to you is, so you kind of changed paths. Um, and it, it seems like it was when you decided to start the natural wellness academies and maybe even like you wrote, you've written books, but then when you decided to design this spiritual wellness specialist course, mindful meditation instructor course, did, was that like a shift in what you thought your purpose was in life? I think it was a shift in trusting myself, you know, because I've always thought of myself as a spiritual person, but, you know, we started the academy um, when I had kind of healed myself of this uh, autoimmune disorder, which was, you know, I was diagnosed back in 2008 and they weren't calling them anything other than autoimmune. Like nobody said, oh, you have Hashimoto's or you have, you know, um, you know, whatever the different names of, um, they just said I had an autoimmune disorder and that, um, you know, that if I didn't change my lifestyle, you know, that I could have like permanent brain damage. And, you know, I, I felt like hell, you know, it was just hard to get out of bed. And so as I started um, my healing path and, you know, here my specialization had been in the mind and I started looking into health coaching programs um, and there was really nothing that was incorporating the mind, you know, and I, and I saw how much I had to use, you know, what I knew about changing habits and the mind to change and maintain a new lifestyle that I decided that maybe it's time to create a healthy, you know, a, a health coaching program that also incorporated the mind. And, you know, a few years later, you know, we started adding other courses like our cannabis coaching, you know, which is very popular right now. The most popular course that we have is the spiritual wellness. And I think it's a reflection of where we're at. But back when I first thought about it, Lisa, I, I didn't feel like it was a course that I could write, Hmm. you know, and um, I I had a colleague, um, it was somebody that I, when I was, you know, learning about the I am presence, you know, I, you know, she had read, you know, similar book and I, I liked some of the things that she said and I talked to her about possibly collaborating on this. And we just had difference of opinions. We started to do a feasibility study with our student base and people wanted to learn some of the divinatory tools. You learned, um, you learned some tarot and astrology and working with crystals and working with numerology. And um, she just did not feel that she wanted to delve into that. And mm-hmm. so we kind of agreed to disagree that it wasn't, it wasn't really the right collaboration and 
that finally got me to understand that I was meant to write this course, wow, you know, yeah. that I had been having the resistance, you know, because I felt very clearly that even though it's not our goal, this is only just one module in the course, the divinatory arts, to turn you into an astrologer or a tarot. <laughs> I mean, these are things that you have to study for years and years, but that all of them are highways to intuition mm. you know for instance i can look at somebody's natal chart and it gives me just tremendous amount of information about somebody um somebody can just you know have you pull a card or do a, a simple celtic cross reading on tarot and it just helps them tap into you or mm. tap into their own intuition so we the way that we teach is all really about um, self-empowerment, not giving your power up to others. And I think I commented to you that this, you know, I have written 500 page books that didn't take me as long as this took me mm. to produce. Yeah. I think all told, I spent two years developing this course, which was like, you know, I've never spent two years writing anything before because I really wanted to sit with it and have spirit direct me to how I was meant to present this information. Yeah, I, I loved that course. It drew me towards it every day. I wanted, I was looking forward to learning more. And you're so right about the divinatory tools. I mean, those things could take years to develop. Yet some of the other things that I have used in um, previously before I was in the course it's the same. You're connecting to your intuition. So if somebody is using medicine cards or runes or shamanic journeying, I've tr you kind of get the same results. So there's different pathways to developing your intuition. And, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so those yeah. were some of the ones that you shared in the course. And uh, that's what I really liked learning about those because I, as just a person wanting to learn a, more about the divinatory tools, I was worried about like, what is the source that I'm going to, to learn this? And is it someone or a group of people that have um, my best interests and yeah, are they trying to influence you? Yes. Which is, yeah, I mean, we are, as you as you know, we are completely agendaless. You know, even in the uh, meditation and mindfulness, you know, we don't, we teach like 20 different techniques. You know, it's, it's we have absolutely no attachment to somebody's belief system, nor mm -hmm. are we here to change it or influence it in any way. You know, we just want you to be able to go deeper and find truth for yourself, whatever that means. You know, for instance, in the astrology, one of the questions, um, so I didn't see how you answered it because I, I didn't look at that um, paper of yours. And it was like, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how much do you think you knew about astrology before this portion of this module? And then, you know, after you've gone through this piece. And of course, we're always teaching you about yourself, you know, which is an exciting way to learn anything is to look at your own chart or to do your own reading or to, you know, learn things for yourself. And then the question would be, you know, where do you stand now? And I was excited to see people say that they were, you know, they had gone for like maybe a one, you know, to maybe a five or a six, which was really a goal. You know, it's something I studied for years and years. And I only do natal chart, you know, we don't do anything about predictive astrology, because that's just not our purview you know it's all really about delving into yourself learning more about yourself and your motivations and your connection to the divine 
Yeah, when I was going through that part of the course, actually the whole course, I really was experiencing improvements in my spiritual well-being and and that encouraged me as a health coach. It is now my specialty and it kind of always has been, but learning how to um, reach people in different ways. And there was, like I said, for through the course, there was not a, this is how we do it, or this way is how we do it. It was more like, here's all the tools, which one works for you? And so that's one of the processes I think people can go through is they can experience these different ways of connecting with themselves and intuition with the divine spark inside of them and really like make their own plan of how they want to incorporate that into their life. And so, right. yeah. And into their practice, you know, I mean, it really, it, and then as you know, the graduate has the opportunity to either be called on their certificate, which I think yours is, yours is going to be there, I think today or tomorrow, <laughs> by the way. Um, and, it, you know, you could either call yourself a spiritual wellness specialist or a spiritual wellness life coach, because right. this is life coaching with a spiritual perspective to it. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you a question. Like what was the favorite thing that you learned in the course? One of my favorite things that was like in the very beginning was we we made a vision board. So I actually made it like I framed it and made it like it's hanging on my wall above my desk and mm-hmm. there's still some open spots in it, but each part that of the course that we went through I picked things that really resonated with me. Like the one thing was like to drop down into your heart and live in your heart, not just in your head. Mm -hmm. So I have a picture of like a big heart with like a bunch of hearts trailing behind it. And then um, a little section that says be love. And I look at that every morning when I'm meditating and I remember things that are important to me. And... Mm -hmm. It's such an easy thing to do, but it's like you have a blank slate and you want to learn more about what you want to put on that vision board. And so going through the course and learning more, of course, I'm like a continuous learner. I, <laughs> you would think yeah. you, know, you, get the, you get the PhD, you're like, oh, I'm done. No, that just tells you no, you're not it's done. Just the beginning. I do want to mention, you know, to your listeners that you have gone on now to sign up for our new dual certification, which is you'll be certified as a hypnotherapist to understand how to work with people with stress control and behavioral changes. And also you will be a past life regressionist. Yes. And that is a whole other realm of helping people tap in. And and it is also something that you don't have to believe in. You don't have to believe in past lives or reincarnation or anything like that to have a wonderful um, learning experience by having a past life regression because it could just be a metaphor. You know, I mean, I can't prove, you know, that, you know, that you've lived before, but certainly your subconscious mind can teach you something through a tale, you know, a metaphor, um, an archetypal journey, you know, um, or perhaps you did. You know? right. So, yeah. Yeah. That um, is, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and, but to get back to your question about like what part of the course that I found most interesting, uh-huh. every part, I, I just like, I just loved it. I mean, you know, when, whenever we go through our spiritual journey and 
if, and I can only speak for myself being raised in the church, the Christian church, mm-hmm. you, you see things, they say written in the Bible, and then maybe they're talked about, maybe they're not. And, but it makes you wonder, like, what is, what is that? And I've read through the Bible from beginning to end twice now in my life. And um, instead of taking it out of context, you know, if you read it straight through, you realize, well, some of these things people, maybe religious leaders have said that it means a certain thing. But when you read it straight through, it's like, oh, that doesn't really mean that. So it might be an interpretation um, and so well, then, it's open to different interpretations, you yes. know, it's, and, and, you know, when you consider that some of the gospels were written as late as 60 years after Jesus's time, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I know as an interpreter, you know, you can, you know, you, I remember I was in a trial once and they had, I think there were something like eight defendants and I, in, in, in each defendant had their own interpreter and it was really you know i could kind of hear what was going on on either side of me and things that were being translated were being translated completely differently to how i was translating you know so when you consider how many translations the bible has been through you know and how many political movements you know have happened since you know it's it's some of it really has to be taken with a grain of salt and some of it you know has to be seen from a much higher perspective too right and so that that is one thing that i enjoyed about the course was that so looking at the different perspectives and then building my confidence in myself and my spiritual well-being and knowing that I have that God spark inside of me. I am a part of this world. I'm connected to other people, um, connected with nature. And that is another reason why I continued on and signed up for the next course, because it is for my well-being. I feel like this time that I spent doing the spiritual wellness specialist mindful um, meditation instructor training has been some of the best training that I've had is for myself as a health coach, but also just me as a person. Well, thank you for saying that. I mean, it really is designed, you know, first we start with the meditation and mindfulness instructor, which somebody can finish, you know, in two or three months, you know, and that's kind of exciting because it's, um, it's immediately monetizable. I mean, you can promote yourself. You have somebody that teaches meditation and mindfulness. And because our number one goal with the Academy is to give you confidence you know, that starts to build your confidence that you've, you've earned a certificate rather early on, you know, because the spiritual wellness part of it is really going to, you're going to dig deep. You know, you, you happen to go through it, you know, kind of in record time. (laughs) It it is a, it's designed to be a transformational journey. You're not the same person when you come out the other side. And that is why you are so ready to help other people, because it's not like we have to be perfect beings to help other people. We just have to be on a path. You know, we just have to be willing to look at ourselves and be honest with ourselves. And that in and of itself really places us into such a higher octave of being where 
we can help other people, you know, because if, if I, you know, if I were looking to be perfect, you know, before I was a therapist, I would still not be a therapist um, 35 years in, you know, from having gotten my, my doctorate. So um, it, it's, it's just, it's a journey. It's always a journey, you know, and we, we even teach you the whole archetypal journey in the course and that, um, for instance, the major arcana in the tarot was really meant to be a pictorial of what the hero's journey is. And you look at the card of the first card, which is the fool, and it's not the number one, it's the zero, because even when you go through the entire journey, guess what? You know, if you're still alive and still breathing, you're probably going to start all over again and go through another journey. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I really enjoyed watching Power of the Myth. Mm-hmm. And that oh, really helped me yes. to learn more about the archetypal. Um, yeah. Oh, Joseph Campbell was amazing. And of course, you know, a lot of this came through Jung, you know, putting forth that, you know, that we had, um, that all of us inherit, you know, not just the programming, you know, from our own genetic roots, but from ancestral, you know, just, just, you know, since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. And these are the archetypes that are um, potentials within our subconscious mind that through, you know, just through going on a journey, a transformational journey, you activate these archetypes. If you don't fight them and you are willing to, you know, uh, excuse the word, like, you know, look at your shit and own it, (laughs) you know, you're ready to go to the next level. And that's really what it's about. I mean, I just feel like the spiritual wellness course takes you to a higher octave. Well, the reason we're talking right now and the reason I have a podcast was the projects I developed during the uh, mindful meditation and instructor section of the uh, course. And I kind of was doing the spiritual wellness specialist together with that because I I had extra time to devote to my studies. One of the things that I wanted to do was to start this podcast because I felt so strongly that this can be a healing journey for some my guests that come on where they get to share their aha moments of how they shifted, how their life shifted, something that they learned about how to improve their well-being. Yeah, and, and, and you know, that's really the academy because we, we really do understand adult education, which is very different, you know, than when, you know, when you and I, you know, like went to college, you know, um, <laughs> it, you know, it, it, most of us, is our, our parents are helping us get through college and it's not something that we're going to abandon, you know, because of our commitment to them. But, you know, when we're adults and we might have this motivation to do something like this for ourselves, the resistance is going to inevitably pop up. And um, we we really work hard to get our students through a course, you know, and as I mentioned, our number one goal is confidence because if you're confident, everything will come together for you. You know, it's like the saying is when the teacher's ready, the student will appear. You know, it kind of works like law of attraction. But the other goal for us is to make everything that we um, have you, they're called learning experiences, which you know, you know, you just completed your last learning experience for that course. The idea is for them to be actionable. So for instance, in the meditation and mindfulness instructor, um, your final assignment has to do with creating a business proposal. And this is simply because, you know, somebody can 
earn their certificate rather simply, you know, with two to three months of doing the work for this course. But then what are you going to do with it? You know, we're very aware of the fact that people can wave their certificate or put it on their wall, but it doesn't mean that you're going to do anything with it. So Mm. having that being nudged, you know, to create that business proposal and then getting somebody like Sherry, you know, the mentor who is a meditation and mindfulness instructor to give you valuable critique and feedback on it is galvanizing. You know, there's no reason that you can't then go out and promote yourself as a meditation and mindfulness instructor. So we don't just teach in a way that we're just going to have you regurgitate uh, information like in a test form. We want you actually applying this information immediately to areas of your own life or career that can benefit from them. Yeah, and I have um, before had created some meditations but in the course I did create a green Tara meditation that I'm planning on having a section of this podcast be about meditation I loved your meditation (laughs) by the way I did read through that and I think that's fantastic I also loved what you did with the you know with the circle meditation so we are definitely going to have you do a webinar in the new year you know for the students oh Um, that would be fun and at some point perhaps collaborating because that's something that you know Sherry started out as a student and she has her meditation and mindfulness instructor course you know Jamie started out as a student and she and I are collaborating in the healthy aging and longevity. So we love that. You know, we love um, discovering these, this talent and letting you guys get some experience in the coaching realm with your specialization and then perhaps creating something together. You know, I was in a lot of physical pain and my last ditched effort tried yoga and I actually was doing an online studio where it was pre-recorded but each night I would go into my guest bedroom and then I cried myself through a year of yoga and I always then I went to get my certification as a teacher but during that certification the one teacher said the issues are in our tissues and oh, wow. that was that was like a poignant moment where I realized, yeah, this was helping me to release these issues. And but then I got hurt doing yoga. And so then I was like really interested in where it all started. And so I got into some deep research about ancient yoga and started writing my book and um, which isn't finished yet, but uh, I'm still learning. And what I got down to the point where uh, the first yogis were didn't ha- use poses. Okay, it was about the breath and it was about the mindset and meditation. So when I went through the first part of your course, the one of the first skills I learned was the twenty breath. Uh-huh. I don't know, is it meditation or technique? And it's just a technique that I developed, right? Yeah, and okay, well. You know, everybody has a number of breaths, like four breath meditation. And so I thought, well, let me see if this is like something that I like. And I loved it. And I thought, okay, yeah, LJ's onto something here with this 20 breaths. Um, Could you maybe explain that? to the listening audience? I I can even, if you want me to, I can guide them through it. But, you know, you were talking about the early early teachers of yoga, for instance, Pantajali. I mean, he said that really the purpose of yoga was to clear the subconscious mind. 
Hmm. You know, because that is really, you know, the subconscious mind is what just gets us every time, you know, just it overwhelms us. And um, and, and, you know, I like you, I, I injure myself a lot during doing yoga. And that's where I switched over to Pilates. And I was so tickled that it <laughs> inspired you to get into Pilates. Yes. because. Um, it's not that I have never, um, you know, injured myself doing Pilates. You know, I can get a little bit too excited about it, you know, and maybe do too many classes. But it, it seems to work better, you know, with my body sure. um, than yoga. I mean, there are positions in yoga and there is some crossover in Pilates. But okay, so the 20 breaths was um, when I wanted to get myself back into meditation, I created the 20 breaths and I committed that I would do this every single day for a year. And sometimes I did it like just in the bathtub, you know, to make sure that I had done it. And I'm always just, I love baths and they're, they're, they're very enlightening for me and very relaxing. And so doing this after a year, it just kind of like segued into a daily meditation practice. And it really only takes, what would you say about five to seven minutes to do this? Yeah. Um, it also, uh, it's something, the first five breaths, is something that you can even use, you know, if you're at work and you're just, you know, you're, you're having an anxiety attack or just something has really bugged you. I mean, you can go to the bathroom and just sit on the toilet and do even five breaths, you know, because Dr. Dr. Andrew Weil, who's one of my favorite, you know, in mind body medicine said that the number one thing that you can do to, to improve your health is to improve your breathing. So how it works is that, um, the first five breaths are going to be in through the nose and out through the mouth. So as you're breathing in, everybody wants to try just breathe in through the nose and out through the mouth and make those breaths very intentional where as you're breathing in, just imagine that all that is blissful and healing and positive in the universe is coming into you. You're taking that in. And as you exhale, just imagine that out through the soles of your feet, you're letting go of resistance. You're letting go of anxiety and pressure. And don't worry about where it goes. The earth can take it, can absorb it, can cleanse it. And after the fifth breath, just... Just do breathing in through the nose, out through the nose, taking yourself to the number 10. And if your mind wants to be busy, if your mind wants to be all over the place, don't fight it. Just be in your breathing. Your mind may quiet down. It may not, but don't be attached to it with time. It will quiet down. And when you get to number 10, you'll do another 10 breaths from 10 to 1, taking yourself with each number into a quieter place, a more centered place. And if possible, feel yourself moving from your head space as if it is as if you were in an elevator it's coming down into your heart because 
indeed it is in your heart center where this divine spark resides taking yourself eventually to number one in your heart space in your center no other goal than to just stop the madness of your outer mind and to come home okay i just love that you know dropping down into that heart space it that's where so I much. found, you know, when I, when I was, it was almost like a little knocking that I felt, you know, inside, like, here I am, I'm <laughs> here, I've always been here, you know, you just forgot about me, you yeah. know, and it was, it was profound. And it started, um, you know, because I, you, you know, you heard my story, you know, in the course, I was in a really bad place, you know, it was, um, I, I, I called it my cicada cycle, you know, where I felt like I had just cycled myself down, you know, kind of deep under the earth, you know, and I was trying to dig myself out of it, you know, for years. And that was when things started to shift for me. I feel like a lot of people get to that point where they've, they've dug themselves down. Uh-huh. And then... It yeah, can well, be the momentum's a lot faster to cycle down, you know, <laughs> when you're spiraling. And then, you know, think about it, you know, it's much easier to like slide down a mountain than it is to climb up one, you know. So um, it, it took everything really to pull myself out. Um, but I did, you know, and, and, and everybody who's listening can. But it starts with coming home. It starts with you know, your head is good. It's gotten you, you know, some wonderful things in life. You know, we, we do have these magnificent powers of reasoning and logic and willpower and thought processing. But it, until you really figure out who you are at a heart level, it's hard to heal. Yeah. Because your mind is never going to heal you. Uh, because it's just going to continue on that same loop. Yeah, that's one reason that I started my journey in through yoga. I did my dissertation on yoga as a woman's population health intervention. And so when I was all done with it, um, my mother said, well, I can't do yoga. And that's the title of my book. I can't do yoga. If you've ever said that, you need to read this book. <laughs> because I love it. Yeah, and it's, it's uh, partly written. Um, but I still have more to go. But the the thing with that breath is if you can breathe in and out, you can do yoga and mm-hmm. feel like that 20 breath method. I want to put it in my book because I think that's the first step. You know, I always told my students, my middle school students, I was like, well, don't forget to breathe. And they all laughed. And I was like, yeah, you laugh. But I mean, I do it all the time. I hold my breath. Breath is everything right because it oxygenates the brain you know and we really can't find solutions unless we have enough oxygen in the brain you know so yes by all means you know i you know the things that i am teaching you know i i want them to be shared you know it's like the book a year of positive habits Mm -hmm. we make that available you know it's one of my i think eight or nine books that i've written and you know because you know i i think that they're um You know, there is wisdom that needs to be shared. And, you know, if you can just commit, you know, to doing that 20 breaths every day is going to change your life. And that will take between, what, five to seven minutes to accomplish those 20 breaths. And um, it will 
make a difference, you know, and how you feel about yourself. I mean, even the fact that if you committed, let's say you just even committed to do it for 21 days and you assess yourself after 21 days, you know, Tony Robbins said, you know, success breeds success, success begets success, you know, so once you commit to do something and you do it and you feel better about yourself, then you're going to do more things to feel better about yourself. I believe it. I'm a true believer of the breath. That was one thing that I did learn from your course, um, that 20 breath technique. I mean, I feel like that can start anybody on their healing journey. Well, thank you. I'm so glad that that worked for you. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah, and there's a video, you know, I can um, just share the link, you know, for the video if they want to practice along, you know, with how to do the 20 breath. Um, yeah, and, and feel free to share the, the link to download the uh, Your Positive Habits. If you need that, I'll send that to you. That sounds you know, great. That. On my website, um, drlisacloud.com is where people can find my podcast links and also... I have a page of resources for each of the episodes, so I will upload those to my website and link it to this episode. As we wrap up, is there anything that you would like to share with us about maybe one thing that kind of changed your trajectory on spiritual well-being that maybe led to physical well-being or just anything that you would like to share with us in these last moments? Well, my favorite saying in the world is from a Jesuit priest, Telhard de Chardin, who said that we are not physical beings that happen to be having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings that happen to be having a physical experience. And and I think that, you know, if you, if you look at life that way, that you are this beautiful spirit that is journeying through the universe and learning um, and you've, you've come into this physical body, but you are not necessarily this physical body. It's going to change the way you feel about yourself and how you feel about life and the world and how you interact with other people. That's beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Dr. LJ. I feel like this is going to help so many people on their journey. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. And if people want to find us, you know, we're natural wellness Academy, but we're .org. And we are just about to have our 10 year anniversary in March. So by all means do check us out. Yes. I'll put that link um, in the show notes as well. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you just for being you. I'm, we've been so thrilled to, you know, just have you as part of the Academy and we're looking forward to more collaborations with you. Sounds great.